Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio. And I have the honor of having Dr. Courtney Sanfelice on our show today. She is another pharmacist and another pharmacist that believes in lifestyle medication, functional medicine. She's going to talk a little bit about that and about her history of why she got in it. Um, Probably a similar story to mine and Janet's. Um, she probably got tired of dispensing these, you know, multiple medications for disease states that can be prevented by diet and lifestyle. So, um, you know, she's going to tell us about that story. Today, though, we are going to be focusing um, on PPIs. What are PPIs? PPIs are proton pump inhibitors, and Courtney's going to be talking more in detail about those. Um, they are drugs like Prilosec, like Prevacid, um, Protonix, drugs... Some people call them strong heartburn medications. They are strong and acid, so to speak. So we're going to talk about why those are not meant to be used long-term and the, the side effects and the bad things that happen if you do take them long-term. So Courtney, without further ado, welcome to our show. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. I appreciate being here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. What got you into functional medicine as a pharmacist? So the first half of my career, I was very much in corporate America. And the past seven years, I have worked at a community independent pharmacy, which was just a game changer for my career. Um, it wasn't about corporate policies. It became about actually helping people and it, working one-on-one -on -one with people. So it's kind of funny. Um, I, I started with my own health. Um, I have had issues with anxiety, panic attack, random stuff happening from my late teens, early 20s. And I was one of those people who fell victim to, oh, just take a prescription. So for 16 years, I was on an SSRI. I was on Zoloft when it was just brand and transitioned to Celexa. And with that, um, it was the only thing that would control my anxiety. And um, I stumbled upon CBD, samples of CBD in the pharmacy. And um, I, I decided to give it a try. And in one week, I tapered myself off of medication that I was on for 16 years. And I thought, mind blown, like this is ridiculous, a plant, come on. So I just hit the ground running. I started to research all of the benefits, how I could help other people one by one. I started to teach a class at the pharmacy every month, started to help people just with pain, with anxiety, depression, migraines, um, sleep. And it didn't stop there. It started to turn into, okay, well, what supplements can we use instead of what lifestyle changes can we make? What nutrition changes can we do? So, um, you know, it kind of started with transitioning my own health into helping other people and kind of just hit the ground running. And at some point it turned into, hey, this is not traditional standard pharmacy practice. You know, I'm trying to, to encourage people to use other lifestyle modifications instead of their actual prescriptions. And, um, you know, I'm the pharmacist. No, you don't want, you don't want that lipid. Why don't you try this burger one? Let me know how you make out with it. But, um, so, you know, it just kind of, it, it snowballed. And now I feel like I'm that pharmacist that, 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 wants people to take the alternative. And um, I created my own functional medicine practice. Now I'm at the pharmacy just a couple of days a week and I work one-on-one -on -one with um, clients just to help them get off of their prescriptions, help them live healthy lifestyles, modifications. So it's it's just been a crazy journey, but it's been incredible. I love it. And it, it sounds, you know, we've had um, healthcare professionals from all over the world on our podcast. And um, a lot of them have similar stories when they have a weight loss story or some kind of health journey. It starts with themselves first. And, you know, cause they just, they, they just start, 
you know, the bingo light comes on. It's like, this just does not seem right. And then next thing you know, they, they transform their patients' lives. And so thank you for doing that. Um, because I believe that overall, long-term, most drugs that we take, and, and this is, you know, we're talking to two pharmacists here. Um, you know, most drugs that we take for chronic disease are, are not good for us long-term. And those, those drugs don't need to be taken if we change our, our lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100%. And one of the big things kind of that can lead us into our topic is proton pump inhibitors. That's one of the biggest, that's our number one drug. When we look it up in the pharmacy, omeprazole, Prilosec, that's our number one drug that we dispense. And it's crazy because it's, it's, there's other ways to do it. There's ways to get off of it, but there's so many different, different issues it can cause and it can actually worsen your reflux it can actually worsen your acid secretion if you are are taking it long term you know we look at them like okay there's people that have been on them and and at the pharmacy i see you know i see them dispensed and people have been on them for 10 20 years and it's it's kind of scary because it's you know when these people try to go off of them it actually worsens it's kind of like trying to quick cold turkey, their, their reflux, you know, increases tenfold. And it's like, well, now I can't even go off of it because I've been on it. And, and, you know, 10, 20 years being on a medication, it's, it's insane. And there's, there's definitely a time and a place for proton pump inhibitors. You know, there's different bacterias that form, um, you know, things where we have to treat, but anything more for a week or two to get something under control, unless somebody has a long-term illness, it's really best to keep them short-term use or to do other modifications because, our stomach really actually needs acid to do its job. It, it's produced for a reason. We have enzymes that produce these this acid, and this acid gives us digestive enzymes in order to break down our food. It helps us absorb minerals and nutrients that we need for healthy function, break down proteins. You know, it's dangerous when you're not absorbing calcium proper, properly, and that can lead to, you know, in deficiencies in bone and osteoporosis. So there's things where people don't realize that they're taking these medications for years and years and years and they're actually silently like killing themselves basically so um so when i see you know when i see people filling these over and over again i try to make recommendations because there's so many different routes to go and the first one is just lifestyle modification you know it's some people think oh well it's just because of the things that you eat and it kind of it starts there everything starts in the gut and once you also take proton pump inhibitors it messes with your whole gut microbiome and that changes everything as well. Not only just reflux, it's, you know, your gut microbia leads to, you know, your, it's your mental health, your immune system, not just your GI health. So it's important to recognize all of that. Yes, for sure. And so have you ever had reflux? Have you ever had heartburn, Courtney? I sure have. And I started with it very early in life, um, in my teens, I had endoscopies. I was on, I was on, omeprazole back in the day, I mean, 20 years ago. And it was definitely like, I think stress related when I was younger, but I actually had a hiatal hernia. It was an issue. And, um, you know, I was 
I, I kind of ended up healing it on my own with nutrition. It was kind of at the beginning of my pharmacy school days when I was, you know, learning a whole lot about medications and, um, and I didn't want to be on it. I was so young and I think it was a lot of stress, a lot of extra acid secretion, but, um, yeah, it's, it's real when you take it, it helps it. But when you take it long-term and you try and stop, it's, it's that it's almost like a hyper secretion and it makes it worsen and it makes it that much harder to get off where you need to change your, 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 your actual diet to add different supplements, probiotics, that sort of thing. Right. And I, I know I've struggled, I've struggled with it before and about, oh, let's see, 12 years ago now, I lost about 60 pounds and um, you will get to see that story or hear about that story in my book. If we haven't already sent you a book, did you read my book yet? Courtney? I did. Okay. My book's called sickened how the government ruined healthcare and how to fix it. And part the story starts with me and my health journey. And um, I will tell you, I had, before I lost weight, I had all kinds of problems. I had plantar fasciitis. I had knee problems. I had um, a reflux. And of course, I had hypertension. And, and, you know, I mean, so the list goes on what kind of medications they could put me on. And after I lost weight, magically, I just, my reflux went away. I didn't need some magic drug to, to um, stop my reflux. And realize that our tummies, like you were saying, our stomachs are made to be acidic for a reason. Our stomachs are made to be acidic so we can absorb nutrients and so we can prevent bad things from being absorbed, whether it be, you know, bad bacteria or, uh, you know, a bad virus or whatever that the stomach acid can kill those. So we don't have bad things being absorbed. And so our stomach is a protective mechanism to prevent bad things and to dissolve good things so we can absorb nutrients. So having a non-stomach acid all the time, having a non-acidic stomach all the time is not a good thing. No, definitely not at all. That acid kind of is put there and created for a reason. And if you're not if you're not producing the digestive enzymes that you need, you're not metabolizing your food properly. You're not absorbing your food properly. And that leads to a whole plethora of, of issues. Like you just said, it's funny, you lost weight and it's magically, you know, five other things happen where you're like, Hey, this feels great. That feels great. And it's, it's, I, it's, it's amazing when I work with a client and they, and they, they, they get that aha moment where they're like, Oh, okay. Just cut back your inflammation foods. Oh, okay. Okay. And then the day that they realize it and they're like, you won't believe it. I just, just sitting with a client the other day was kind of a similar story to yours was overweight was like, I got to do something. I'm, I'm hitting the age where I'm not going to get this weight off. It's all around my midsection. And it was like five other things just balanced out. He was told he was type two diabetic and he was, you got to go on metformin. And actually he did go on metformin and it was like a, you know, but he's off of everything. Like it just, but it's crazy how getting, getting your gut in balance, getting a, a good routine with nutrition, getting a good routine with, and not dieting with nutrition, learning how to eat the right foods and not make it where you're on a diet, make it where you're eating the right foods that are, your body is thriving on, you know, getting that, that activity in, getting exercise and getting your heart rate up and doing all of those things, how it sounds silly and stupid, but it's real. And if you get into the pattern of doing it and you just let it happen, the problems fix themselves and it's so many people don't realize it, but it's real. <laughs> if people are on proton pump inhibitors, um, what are some things that we should look for about that can cause uh, reflux or heartburn? What are some um, dietary things, some drugs possibly that can cause those problems? Can you name some of those? 
So absolutely, definitely with foods, I mean, any kind of foods that could create an acidic thing, any kind of, of, of a spicy type food, but it also depends on the patient, very specific. Some people just have different allergies or different things that affect them differently. Um, so definitely, depending on your nutrition, what kind of is your triggers, I guess. Um, but there's foods that are, and it almost sounds like, what can you eat? But there's foods that trigger inflammation. So like your basic foods that trigger inflammation are sugar, dairy, and gluten. So all of those things are things that can kind of create that imbalance in your gut. And that that balance is what creates the good and bad bacteria that keeps things kind of copacetic, that makes everything else function good. So kind of decreasing those foods, um, kind of minimalizing them as much as possible. I know it sounds, when you say that to somebody, they look at you like, well, what are you crazy? What can I eat? Um, but just you know, cutting back and 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 minimum starting back slower and cutting those foods out of your diet and eating whole clean foods, um, best way to go. But even if it's somebody who struggles and you know they just want to start by cutting back slowly, um, nutrition wise, medications. I don't even know where to start with where right. what you know it's it's where to even start with that. But yes, so many different um, medications can just cause malabsorption and that malabsorption, everything that you need for your body to function properly, including your GI health, um, you know, but proton pump inhibitors, you know, like you mentioned um, at the beginning, any of the omeprazole, you know, esomeprazole, uh, all, okay. all of those guys, they all are probably the number one thing that are supposed to fix acid reflux and they actually worsen it, which is ironic, but true, <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh, so many different ones. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that people might not, might not see as a drug. Let's talk about alcohol. What about alcohol okay. and reflux? Like terrible because all it does is create inflammation. It's, it's, it's just, it's doing the opposite of what you want your body to do. You're dehydrating yourself. Um, reflux, actually, you know, if people don't really understand what reflux means, you know, it's actually you're regurgitating acid into your esophagus and it's sitting in a place that it shouldn't be sitting. So you want your acids to be in your stomach to break down your foods, to cause those digestive enzymes to form, to break down proteins, to cause proper absorption. So when that acid is in the wrong place, um, you know, it's it's actually refluxing into your esophagus. That's where it can cause other issues, different erosions in the esophagus. It can create create different um, different bacteria, like an H. pylori situation, or um, just any kind of of erosion or hiatal hernia. That's what I had when I was I was in my teens when I had that, and it was definitely like a stress related extra acid kind of production. But um, but alcohol, yes, it's it's it it's almost like eating spicy food all the time it's just it's not not settling well it's coming back up (laughs) yeah and now what about caffeine caffeine same thing caffeine is one of the biggest things that i think people don't realize how bad it is um i know for me i'm a big coffee drinker and i'm a big tea drinker and i know with tea tea has so much more caffeine right so i feel like i i feel like coffee doesn't affect me as much but if i make a make if i have like two cups of tea in a day i feel it coming like it's 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 so much caffeine tea tea for me is much more of a, of a predator than coffee is but even like chocolate mints things that you think like mint you would think oh well that will settle my stomach another thing that can really drive up acid in your stomach and cause issues 
Um, and then, like I said, with tea, oh, you think you're, oh, I won't have the coffee. I'll have the tea. That's a safer bet. But so many teas have so much caffeine in it. You don't know, you know, what you're getting. It's for yeah. me, tea is worse than coffee. <laughs> now, this one might come as a no brainer, but maybe not. Um, I will tell you a quick story. Um, I had a patient and um, he chewed tobacco and he ate Prilosec omeprazole like candy because he had reflux all the time. He was a big drinker too. And I'm like, dude, he's kind of a friend of mine. I'm like, dude, um, if you want to get off this medication, you need to stop chewing. I mean, right. Can you talk about nicotine? I mean, I know it probably goes without saying, but can you talk about nicotine and, and reflux? Absolutely. I mean, well, first of all, nicotine and anything that's in nicotine products, I don't, how many ingredients they say they don't even know that are in like nicotine products. So like right off the bat, it's like, you don't even know what you're putting in your body. It's like, a, it's like a shot in the dark, but, um, but yes, absolutely. And, and like just anything that's driving, I mean, again, it all comes down to that gut balance. Anytime you're throwing that gut microbia off, it's creating an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. It can lead to fungal overgrowth. It can lead to leaky gut syndrome, which we could talk about for hours, you know, yeah. but when the things that are supposed to be in, in your gut come out of your gut with little perforations, like anything that can be irritant. Um, I just was, had a client that I was going over my proton pump protocol to go off, you know, to slowly wean and taper. And um, the one big thing he was saying when we were talking about, okay, we talked about the supplements and then we were talking about nutrition. And the one thing that he was saying, we were talking about any medications he was on supplements. And the one thing he was like, well, I don't drink that much coffee, but I take caffeine pills. And I was like, I was like, right? I was like, I think I had a heart attack. I was like, wait, I was like, do you real? I'm like, hello. I'm like, do you, are you like understanding that that's where it's coming from? Uh, but he was so sweet. Like he was kind of like, you know, he was like, all right, I know. It's like, I need that to get my day started. It's like my coffee doesn't even work anymore. And, and so, I, and I'm like, well, you might want to start with cutting those back in addition to this protocol of supplements that I'm giving you because um, caffeine is like probably worse, I would say, than than any food that that can trigger reflux. So yes, and that's in like all tobacco products and any kind of anything like you, you just don't even know what's going in there. <laughs> right. Well, so we, we talk a little bit about I, I, this is what I tell people all the time with most GI diseases. So most gastrointestinal diseases, whether it be reflux or whether it be. Um, irritable bowel syndrome, um, you know, the list goes on. They're usually, in my opinion, they're usually a diet-related issue. So you can change your diet to fix them. Now, just like you were saying with proton pump enablers, it's the first of the show. Once you've been on them for years, you can't just stop taking them because it's going to hurt. So there are some things we need to do in the long term possibly to supplement what you're doing to kind of try to wean you off the PPIs. Will you talk a little bit about what are your thoughts and protocol on the how to get people off a of PPI? We already talked about, you know, obviously eliminating the things that are bad. We already talked about that. So what supplements could they take to try to wean off a of PPI? So the protocol that I work with, with my clients, um, first of all, a really, really good probiotic to start because yep. Like you said, it's nutrition. So that gut balance, everything that's going on in there, we want to get all of the good positive bacteria and we want to push out the bad bacteria. So we want to we want to create that balance. So not all probiotics are created equal. So you want to make sure that we're taking like a, a, a broad strain and um, and a high content of bacteria, um, good bacteria that we're putting in um, digestive enzymes. You know, we're wiping them away with with 
with proton pump inhibitors. So um, very specific um, pro, um, very specific digestive enzymes that are that we need to supplement with not long term, but until you can get your stomach acid back to where it's supposed to be and neutralize everything, um, taking that before you eat to, to, to watch. So yes, we're fixing the nutrition, but as we're eating the good things and we're slowly starting to taper off of the proton pump inhibitors, we're going to supplement with digestive enzymes. Um, one of my favorites is mucosigen. So, you know, in between meals, when you're feeling that creepy feeling coming up, you know, to really coat that esophagus and, and, and heal everything, you know, depending on how bad the situation is, how much erosion you have going on, how long the situation's been, you know, you're taking the, the proton pump inhibitor, but you're still feeling the effects of it, obviously, it's oh gotta take my you know gotta take my product seconds coming up so um that's one of my favorites and dgl which um there's a great blend i love from orthomolecular and it's got five different things in it but the main thing is licorice root um and marshmallow root and they really do a great job of settling the stomach as well and kind of just kind creating a balance and um and healing everything um lots of water lots of fluids making sure you're not eating too close to bedtime um, so that anything's kind of settling um, where it shouldn't be settling. Um, and of course, nutrition and just getting that gut balance. I know people hear it all the time, healthy gut, healthy gut, or, you know, I feel it in my gut. Like it's real. Your gut and your brain have such a, a an amazing, you know, relation to each other. Your gut is really your second brain. There's actually a book, it's called the mind gut connection. It's, it's amazing. It's, I learned so much from it, but it really just shows you how everything stems from your gut, you know, down to your mood, like 90% of your body's serotonin lives in your gut. So, you know, you're treating anxiety and depression by popping a pill to make your head feel better to keep serotonin around longer. And it's like, but if you're producing your serotonin properly and you're, you're feeding your gut right with nutrition, it's going to do great things. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel healthier. You're going to feel happier. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, you know? Well, here's what I tell patients. Um, you know, all of our nutrients and all of our macronutrients like protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and all of our micronutrients like vitamins and minerals, you know, whether it be vitamin D, whether it be calcium, all those things that we know that are good for us, they're, how do we absorb them? We absorb them in our gut. So yeah. if we don't have a healthy gut, we're not going to have a healthy body, period. And even, even on top of, let's say, and this is what I tell patients all the time. You know, you can take all the supplements in the world, whether it be a good multivitamin, whether it be essential fatty acids, um, omega-3s, whatever those are. But if you are not absorbing them properly because you have poor gut health, it's pretty much worthless. Correct? Absolutely. So fix the gut. That's it, it is. That's basically where I start with all of my clients. It starts with the gut. Everything starts with that. And, you know, it leads off to different things. And yes, there's things that you can take. There's supplements that you can take, you know, for an immediate kind of fix of, hey, you know, I'm feeling this way. Hey, my adrenals are fatigued. There's there's things where you can kind of supplement and get going with. But overall, it's not an overnight process. It's something that, you know, it's it's a lifestyle. It's just it's the idea of when is enough enough? When are you going to say, 
you know, I don't want to take seven medications. I, I cringe when I'm, I'm in the pharmacy and I'm filling their, their order up and I, and I send down seven or eight prescriptions and I, I cringe. I, I look and I'm like, I know there's a better way. I can help this person if they want it. Most people just don't, you know, like a lot of the stuff that you talked about in your book, you know, it's, it's there. Hey, insurance covers it. What's, what's the big deal? We'll right. just send it right down. We'll just take it, whatever. That's what the doctor told me to do. But it's, it's amazing how, you know, everybody sometimes, you know, it's like, I think sometimes doctors, they, I don't know if it's, they try to stay in their lane or they're not educated. I mean, I know a lot of great doctors just working at the pharmacy and just kind of, you know, just having relationships with calling on different prescriptions and stuff. And, you know, they're good doctors that care and that would sort of kind of take a holistic approach. But I mean, I, it's, it's funny how they don't really take, they don't have the time. They, they have their 10 minute block with their patients. They complain of it like they got to get in and out. They got to turn it over because of the insurance mandates, and they got to get people out the door. But it's like doing such a disservice to our world, to our society, right. because people come into the pharmacy. I have my stamps in the pharmacy. I have my my probiotic stamp, my statin stamp that I don't let people get out of the pharmacy without a consultation. If you're like on an antibiotic, there's no way that you're leaving the store without me fighting with you that you should be on a probiotic. Right. But you know, so many people's doctors don't say you know you'll they're starting to sort of, you know, get onto it where they'll come in and be like, Oh, the doctor told me to grab a probiotic, but we, I have all of my people trained where I'm like, okay, like when they're at the cash register, just ask them, I'll jump in, I'll give them the education. I'll explain it. But we have like a very strong policy in the pharmacy where it's like, you know, you're really you, just that week of treatment of antibiotics, you're wiping your whole gut flora out, you know, that happy balance you're, if there is a happy balance, but you're, you're ruining it even more, you know, where the doctors just don't take the time to say, Oh, Hey, are you on that statin drug? Because it's really depleting your CoQ10 and it can be causing a lot of other issues in your body. Like silently, your heart's like, being like, Hey, I need more CoQ10. <laughs> so it's, right. you know, I see it every day and, you know, proton pump inhibitors is the topic today, but it's with, it's with so many different medications and it's just like you, you know, if people don't know, they don't know. And if their doctor just says, go do this, a lot of people, you know, when I even will recommend something to people, sometimes people say, oh, well, I better go check with my doctor. And I'm like, okay, if you, he, he should have told you to do that before you left the office, but okay, if you want to chat with them, but this is what I think that you should do. Um, you know, but it's just, it's just funny how people just robotically go through the process of what they're supposed to do. Okay. The doctor told me to do it. And it's like, okay, but you know, there's a better way in many situations. If people, People want it, but they have to want it. You know, they have to want to make the lifestyle changes. They have to want to say, hey, you know what? I don't want to take a pill. If I do X, Y, Z and start to, you know, go for a walk every day and and start to eat, you know, better foods and, and change my lifestyle around, I could change my health around my gut health and overall one by one little weird symptoms of a pain here and there, headaches, migraines, all of those things, you know, all stem from a root cause and by slapping a prescription on it, that's a band-aid. Like getting to the root cause, that's what basically what functional medicine is all about. Finding that root cause and treating it there, and then you're golden. Yeah. Now I will let me go back on doctors don't have the time. So I'm just gonna say, doctors, if you find the right doctor, they do have the time. And I get it. There are many doctors that are handcuffed with insurance and all this kind of stuff. Well, there are a lot of doctors out there that don't take insurance now. And the reason they don't is because they give better care to the patient at a lower price and a higher quality. So if your doctor is not taking the time with you, please reach out to us. I will try to find a doctor for you, for you that there's many of them across the country 
that um, have gotten out of the traditional healthcare system because of the way it is treating patients. So they got disenfranchised, so they left the traditional healthcare model, and they get to take care of patients individually without an insurance company involved. So um, realize that it is a choice when doctors do that. And I'm not picking on them, but it's just it's just true. And I know we all make choices. And I, Janet and I made a choice almost 20 years ago now that we didn't want to deal with insurance companies because we realized that it was making things more expensive and we were just putting Band-Aid, like you said, Courtney, Band-Aid um, fixes on something that we want to take the time and fix the actual problem. So um, people do have choices. So thank you for that, Courtney. Back on mucosigen. Okay, backing up. So tell us a little bit about the mucus line of the esophagus and the stomach and why, how it protects from acid. Yes, it basically just coats everything. So right, your mucosigen, right. your body produces it and it does it for a reason. Again, you don't want the acid to be in your esophagus. You want your acid to be in the stomach. So mucosigen kind of just helps to supplement and give you a little bit extra while you're doing that healing process. So um, like in the protocol, I always tell people to take it in between their meals. You know, they're taking their digestive enzymes at mealtime, but the mucosigen is essential to coat the esophagus, to coat the stomach, to coat that lining so that it protects and kind of restores that balance so that it can, the acid can do its function so that it can produce the enzymes so that it can help create the proper absorption and get everything back in check. So from my understanding, when it comes to the stomach, um, you know, obviously the stomach uh, has mucus all around it, so it protects itself from its own acid, correct? Yes. And if I remember right, um, our stomach cells, they reproduce really, really fast. Our gastric cells reproduce really, really fast because they are literally eaten away from acid. And, and that's okay. Our bodies were trained to do that. Our bodies were created normally to do that. So that's why stomach um, cells regenerate very fast. Now, from what I understand, when we decrease that stomach acid, um, that lining of the stomach actually, one of the things that the acid does is it makes, it stimulates that lining to be thicker to protect us from eating our own stomachs. And when we yeah. decrease that acid, that lining thins out actually. So that's why when you've been on a PPI for 10 years, you've got a thinner lining of the stomach. So when you don't take it, it's like, whoa, it burns right away. So that, that's why it takes some time to build that lining back up to wean off the PPIs and to get off them. Is that correct, Courtney? Absolutely. And it does. It's, that's what I mean. It's not an overnight process. When I usually tell people, at least at first, you know, it's at least it's going to take you at least a month to start feeling like normal, the way I kind of taper people. And it's always like a very patient specific kind of thing too. You know, if you're feeling like, Hey, this is too much of going, you know, on the protocol or it's like, okay, every other day, then every two days, you know, slow it down. If it's, if you know, what works for one person doesn't always work for another. So if it's, if it's like, okay, it's going too much, just slow it down because it, you know, we don't know what that lining is looking like unless we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in there. So with a camera, so if it's, thin, like you just said, if it's thin, 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 and we've got to build it up, it might take longer than a 28 day protocol. It might take right. six months to get it back to building it back up and, and creating that lining, creating the flora, creating all of it, you know, getting everything in store, you know, and it's also the whole like leaky gut theory of, you know, like you said, it, 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 it regenerates our stomach purposefully, you know, does its thing and does its thing fast and quick. So a lot of people, what if they, you know, don't understand leaky gut. So leaky gut is when you have these small 
perforations basically in the lining of your gut and the things that are supposed to be encapsulated in your gut come out of your gut, including different bacteria, whether they're good or bad, and they can be released into your body causing other health conditions, diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, that kind of stuff. So you don't want that stuff. You want that stuff to stay in your stomach. And if that lining is so thin, it's just creating more of a problem, more susceptible for leaky gut. Um, but again, leaky gut is something that can, you know, that perforation, you build, start building up that lining of that gut, you're fixing the leaky gut. So what do you do? We're supplementing, but nutrition, it all comes down to nutrition, making sure after we get that, that lining built back up that we're putting the right things into our bodies. And one thing we didn't touch on is, you know, more some physical things that we can do to help for reflux. So um, like timing of eating before you go to bed, can you talk about that? Absolutely. I always say like three hours if sometimes people, you know, if they're snackers, whatever, but I say definitely dinner, dinner, like, well, at least five, a full, full meal, but any kind of snacks, anything three hours, especially when they have an issue, because if it's not fully digested and it's laying somewhere else in the stomach, that's when that whole regurgitation process comes up and then you wake up feeling like, ooh, and then it's that burning sensation again. So timing of meals, timing with bedtime, um, drinking a lot of water, drinking a lot of water throughout the day is, your body's hydration is so important for so many different reasons, including um, including your gut health. But um, I would say 72 ounces, depending on your size, but 72 ounces of water a day is not, is not, it seems like a lot and it can be a lot some days. Um, but trying to keep yourself properly hydrated is so important as well. Um, cutting out foods that cause inflammation, like I was talking about earlier, you know, you hear, okay, sugar, you know, sugar, gluten, dairy, they're the three biggest predecessors that cause inflammation and they cause it not only in your gut, they cause it everywhere in your body. So, you know, decreasing the amount of, of those foods that you're putting into your body, if, you know, at any, if you can cut them out completely, you know, there's people that, that go and they put their body into keto and, and they, they, they do the whole ketoacidosis thing. They take their sugars down to X amount where they're, where they're, you know, that's a whole other topic for another time, yeah. but where they're taking their sugars to a level where, you know, Hey, I haven't been doing this for, for three weeks now. And I'm noticing that, you know, X, Y, Z, or those things that weren't, you know, bothering me before, like when you almost, you almost become toxic when you're taking that much sugar into your body. And when you decrease it, you're, you're, you're putting it in its, its homeostasis where it's supposed to be. Well, well, I don't, I, here's what I challenge people. I, you know, we talked to, and we're going to have to have you, we're going to have you on again and probably multiple times. Um, Courtney, you've done a wonderful job today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we talked about the elimination diet a couple times today. And, I, you know, I will tell you, I, 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 I talk to patients and other people about that every day at least. And basically what an elimination diet is, and we should have you back on Courtney to talk more specific about elimination diet, but you basically start with something as simple as possible. You eliminate everything besides like one thing. And I will tell you, and I, 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 don't, I don't even know how you feel on this, Courtney, but um, I will tell you, I think one of the least inflammatory things that we can eat is red meat. And I know for the last 30 years, we've been told, and we were told in pharmacy school how it caused cardiovascular disease and all that. That's total bunk. I'm not buying that. Um, I've actually interviewed Dr. Sean Baker from um, – uh, he's, he, uh, has a book carnivore diet and he has meatrx.com and that's pretty much all he eats. And he's helped thousands of patients fix a lot of health issues by just eating carnivore eating and mostly it's beef. So, and I will tell you, and I was just talking to a, um, person the other day and 
they just started doing that. And after two days, two days, uh, a lot of things went away. <laughs> I mean, a lot of their problems went away. Um, so elimination diets are very important. Then what you start doing is you start adding things slowly, right? That might, that you might think be okay. Is that correct? Is that correct? It is. And I, I agree. I have, um, I think first of all, definitely, but you'll just want to like anything like your supplements, anything, you always want to make sure you're getting it from the right source. You want to make sure you're getting it from, you know, the, your beef from a good source. That's not full of, of antibiotics and that kind of right. kind of thing, but yes, absolutely. And I feel like, um, there's so many different, there's so many different ways to like a, an elimination diet is amazing because you can kind of see like, you're starting with one thing. So you're kind of seeing what your, what your triggers are and everybody's different. So what works for you might not work for me and vice versa. But I notice a lot. Um, I do a lot of food allergy testing with my clients and it's funny how, you know, they'll see something pop up or I'll do like a, a wheat or gluten sensitivity test to see, you know, where they're popping up with, with something. And, you know, sometimes it's, whoa, this is really bad. Like you shouldn't like if they're having really bad symptoms from something and they're like, wow, I'm getting migraines or I have this rash or something's going on. And, they're stopping gluten and it's stopping. But there's also when you have like your immune response gets kicked up from something, the idea is to kind of like back it off. Let's boost up your immune system. And then like you said, like we're eliminating. Now we're going to slowly start incorporating right. things back in. So I see that a lot when we do the allergy testing, because, you know, there's things where your immune system might be just totally out of whack from a plethora of things, the medication that you're taking, the food you're eating, a lot of different things, you know, just the chemicals in general in the world that we take in that we can't control or our cleaning environment. I forget how many chemicals I, I saw a podcast on how many chemicals we actually, our bodies ingest before we even leave the house in the morning with, you know, our just our our shower products, our laundry detergents, our cleaning products, all the things that are just our foods we eat. Um, but it's just trying to find out what are triggers for some people starting from ground zero, like you said, with one thing and then slowly starting to add back in. A lot of people are successful with that where it's like, oh, well, I thought I couldn't eat that anymore if I was showing an immune response. No, let's figure, fix your gut, fix your immune system and then slowly start to add those things back in. Yeah, absolutely. So as we wind this podcast up, um, Courtney, in two sentences, or maybe more, um, how would you like to sum up um, this podcast about PPIs? Uh, how would you like to sum it up? I would say, don't do it. <laughs> don't say no. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I, I would like to sum it up for anybody who has experience, who is on a proton pump inhibitor, who has been suggested, who has issues with reflux and doesn't want to go on one or needs help, you know, reach out. I can help you. There's so many different ways to go. And if you are on one and you feel stuck on one because, you know, you've tried to go off and you stop it and you feel like you're literally dying and burning inside, there's ways to fix it. I have had so many successful client experiences where they do this protocol. And like I said, sometimes it takes people a month, depending on how long they've been on it. But I've had people that have been on these for like 20 years and yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a process, you know? So it's just with some lifestyle modifications, just getting to the root cause of what's causing it, whether it's, it's most likely it's nutrition and your gut health. So whether it's what you're eating or getting that gut balanced out with some good bacteria, probiotics, um, and some supplements, um, it, it can be fixed. It can be fixed without medication. It can be fixed with lifestyle. No matter what anybody says, it can be, and I can help you if you need me to. <laughs> so Courtney, uh, what do you have a passion for? What drives you? I, 
CBD is my passion. CBD is my wheelhouse. I have helped hundreds of people one-on-one and it's just so, when I see somebody like literally cry and say, you've changed my life. I I just did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and a woman had fibromyalgia and she was like literally sofa bound for like seven years. And she was like, my husband is so happy. My house looks like a Hallmark movie threw up in here. It just looks like, you know, I have my life back. And it just was from like taking a plan, like taking a plan every day. So when I learned, when I saw how it helped me, it just helped me become so passionate and I wanted to help other people with it. So, um, so I, I started a class that kind of COVID ruined my class. I don't do it every month anymore. Um, but I've worked with hundreds of patients. And and when I say that I have like written testimonials, I'm actually working on a book of compiling them all together um, of stories from people, um, just their success stories, you know, from anywhere, from any kind of pain, inflammation, autoimmune, sleep, um, anxiety, depression. It's just amazing. Um, you know, it's just so rewarding to see somebody's life just totally transform in front of your eyes. And then, and then, you know, when they see something naturally helping them, it's like, they want to do more. That's when they start saying, Hey, well, what's that nutrition thing or what's that protocol? And then, you know, they want to do more when they see themselves being helped with something that's natural, you know, and, um, which is, you know, what led me to what I'm doing now. It's, I do my fill in. I, I, I'm a pharmacist a couple of days a week and I love it. And I love bringing this stuff to, to people in the pharmacy. But, um, but, you know, I, I love what I'm doing in my own functional medicine practice. It's just so, it just, I'm just so passionate about it. I love helping people. It sounds cheesy, but it's so rewarding to see somebody. And when they literally, the words out of their mouth are, thank you for changing my life. It just is like, you know, it's, it's the best. It's the best feeling in the world. It makes me feel like I've reached, I finally have reached a point in my career that I set out to do. You know, we all set out to do these good things as pharmacists and we want to help people. And, you know, sometimes it just gets into a spiral of like, I'm not helping people right now. And, and um, I think that's why I kind of started to focus on my own thing because the pharmacy just gets so busy and and it it, sh- it can't get too busy it has to be about the patient it has to be about their their well-being and about their best interest so so how do people get a hold of you if they have any kind of questions or want a consultation my website is balance wellness solutions um, dot net and um, my email address is dr.courtney.samphalis at gmail.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, Facebook is just, I have it under my name instead of my business. It's just under um, Courtney. It's actually my, it's under Courtney Chocolati Samphalis. And my Instagram is dr.courtney.samphalis. So, um, and I'm on LinkedIn too, just my name. Awesome. I love it. Well, Courtney, you have helped us realize our goal at Health Solutions today, which is to educate and empower patients to take charge of their own health. um, I've been doing that for many years, and that's been my goal for many years. That's our goal of this podcast, and you have helped do that. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. I'm glad we cross paths on social media because we are very, very, we think a lot alike. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love, fi- I love finding pharmacists that think alike. It's we're, we're kind of far and few between, but I'm finding more of us. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.